0: Once again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. I bring an army against the country, and the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then, if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm, but ignored it. So the responsibility is theirs. They had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and does not sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, and they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent, and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying, our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 11. Hello, this is James, and welcome to this episode of I, Watchman Jay. And so, it begins... I have heard that in ancient times, some cities were surrounded with walls so thick that horsemen could race chariots across the top of them. Of course, the real purpose of the walls was to keep the people safe from outside threats. There were also towers built into the top of these walls at certain intervals where watchmen would look out across the land. The watchman's number one job was to watch, be it day, night, raining, or snowing. They were to watch for intruders that might come against the city and its people. When they would see a threat, they would sound a certain alarm to warn the people there is an enemy moving towards the city and to take appropriate action. This reminds me of when I was in school when we would have fire drills or tornado warnings. These drills were done to train us to take the necessary action. Of course, the warriors would get their armor and weapons ready and take their position to defend the city. Some would be watchful of the supply line to help the warriors. Others would have the responsibility to round up the children and quickly take shelter. The Bible tells us that the people of the land would select men from among them, appointing them as the watchmen. You could imagine the type of character these men must have had to qualify for this high calling. After all, this position is to protect the lives of all the people in the city against any and all threats. The watchman would have to be selfless. They have to be able to stay awake and be aware of their surroundings at all times. Falling asleep on the job is not an option. He has to be willing to put the needs of the people ahead of his own. The watchman's most important qualification had to be having a heart for the people inside the walls. If he loves them and seeks no harm to come their way, then he would be motivated by this selfless unconditional love to accept the call of the watchman. Now the passage of Ezekiel I read at the beginning, God used this idea of a watchman on the wall of a city to bring into focus another type of watchman, a watchman chosen by him, a watchman called by a holy God to warn the people. Many years ago, I had asked God what my purpose was, what was my calling. He leads me to Ezekiel chapter 33. As I was reading this chapter about a watchman, probably for the first time in my life, the seriousness of warning people was gripping my heart, but also the reality of my own situation was talking to me. You see, the reality of my situation was in fact that I was working as a third shift security officer at the time, a profession that was once called a night watchman. So needless to say, the Lord had my attention. This is one reason. I have used the title I Watchman J on most media platforms because it reminds me of that time. It reminds me of the seriousness of warning people and the importance of sharing the good news about Jesus. Basically, it keeps me focused on what I am called to do. Simply put, I am called to proclaim the kingdom of God, encouraging all to turn from their own understanding and seek God's wisdom and restoration for their lives in Christ Jesus. With all that said, would it be much of a stretch to say that in many ways, every one of us who have been called and saved by faith in the finished work of Jesus are in fact a watchman of sorts. We all have been called to be a spiritual watchman, have we not? A pastor is called to be a watchman over the souls of the congregation of his church. How about a husband and a wife? They should be on a wall watching over their marriages, watching over their children, their household. How about you? Are you not to be a watchman over your heart and soul, a watchman over your eyes, over your area of influence? How about a watchman over our schools, colleges, universities? Where were the spiritual watchmen of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s when we allowed lies from the enemy of God to push God and all reference of him? out of the public learning institutions, and then eventually the public squares of our nation. A nation forgetting who God is and forgetting the many provisions with which he has blessed this country with. Maybe it was also a nation suffering from battle fatigue, or what now is called a PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, caused by all the wars of those times. In 1940s, with World War II, the Korean War of the early 50s, the Cold War with Russia, or what it was known at the time as Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, USSR. And the last but not least, the Vietnam War of the 60s, 70s. Have you ever thought about what all these wars have in common, besides the carnage of war and the fact that in many ways these are interconnected or cause and effect of what came before these wars There are conflicts that pitted the communist socialist governments with its many fascist undertone of oppression and unjust treatment of its people for control over the same, putting a nation, and often race, above the individual, with a capitalist government with what was once a God-rooted belief that all men should be free from oppression of spirit, thought, and body, a freedom to choose life and liberty, which, as believers we know will eventually lead down the path to a just and righteous God who loves with a perfect love because he is love and demonstrates this truth by stepping into our stead on a cross of death to restore this broken relationship between us and God if we will accept his call of grace by faith in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you, is it a coincidence that these same conflicts of ideology are now inside the United States battling it out I think not America needs to wake up repent turn your heart back to God wake up church you have been found guilty of placating to your fears that you have lost power to be effective in your call people have been in search of the real true God but are unable to find him in your sanctuaries because your own fears have been in the way repent know the truth, speak the truth, minister the truth, preach the word of God. or his faithful remnant, chosen by grace, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, will rise up from among the ashes and will remove the poisonous root that you stand on to speak. Once again, here in America, we have been given a great gift from those who came before us, under divine providence to create a constitutional republic, watchmen in their own calling to that same divine providence, to form a more perfect union with freedom for all, and outside of the kingdom of God, it is still the best the world has ever seen to this day, built on a foundation of God's word, and one might argue a covenant with the kingdom of God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people who he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Psalms 33, verse 12. On April thirtieth, 1789, America has a constitution and a newly formed government. On that day, the government, the House, the Senate gathered for the inauguration of our first President, George Washington. In his inauguration address, Washington gave a prophetic warning, quote, We ought to be no less persuaded that the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and the right which heaven itself has ordained, End quote. From the very man who fought for and gave us a constitutional republic, also gave us a warning. If we would begin to depart from God, he would remove his blessings, his prosperity, his protection from our nation. Is that what we have been witnessing in the United States in recent decades? One more thing on this subject of our history that you should know, if you don't already. After Washington's address, the government, the House, and the Senate, and the first president traveled on foot to St. Paul's Chapel. We don't know exactly what was said inside, but we do know the entire government was on their knees praying and consecrating this nation to God. To this day, in that chapel, there is a plaque above Washington's pew with the words, quote, Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that you will keep the United States in holy protection. End quote. Maybe... You have heard of St. Paul's Chapel. Or maybe in more recent years, the sycamore tree just outside the chapel that was blown over, offering the first line of defense protecting the chapel when the World Trade Center collapsed. You see, St. Paul's Chapel is located at the corner of ground zero, and it is the spiritual birthplace of America, the very spot where the first representation of we the people consecrated this nation to God. Oh yeah, for those who didn't know, New York City was this nation's first capital. So, could 9-11 have been a wake-up call to all watchmen? A warning to a nation, a nation that continues to disregard the eternal rules of order and the right which heaven itself has ordained? A call to a nation, a people, to repent, to turn from its wicked ways and turn back to God At the time of this recording, it has been almost 10 years since 9-11, did we heed the warning of the Lord? Did we make any U-turns back towards God, or have we moved further from Him? Are you surprised by my words, by my questions? How many times did God's people in the Old Testament rebel against God, and God warned them? of their enemy, and how their enemy will take them into captivity if they continue to move away from him and his provision, which, by the way, included his protection from their enemies. Let us all who are called by his name rise up and become a watchman, sounding the alarm, sharing the gospel, making disciples of all the nations, encouraging them to become one with the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that Jesus had commanded. Jesus had replied to an expert in religious law when asked, What is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? In Matthew 22, verses 37-40, through 40, Jesus' words are recorded. Quote, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. End of quote. It is wise to love God and love your neighbor and to pray for your families, neighbors, and leaders of this nation. And if need be, to warn them to repent. We can't force them to choose, but we are called to warn them of the coming judgment And in every opportunity, share with them the mercy and grace of God that is in Christ Jesus. We are called to watch and pray, and to share the gospel. We are to point out, in love, that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But also to point out, He has made a way. God is still on the throne. God is still sovereign. Jesus is still the Savior of mankind. There is work for us to do before it's too late before judgment comes. When Jesus is talking to his disciples about the future, about the time of his return, he gives them a warning about taking heed of his instructions about the work they were to do, and that they must keep watch. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray. For you do not know when the time is, It is like a man going to a far country, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crow of the rooster, or in the morning. At least, coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Mark 13, verse 32-37 through 37. Will we, who are called by his name, be found a good and faithful servant upon his return? Wake up. Be about the Master's concern. When Jesus returns, let's not be found sleeping. As watchmen, we look to the horizon. We know what's coming. Our responsibility is to sound the alarm and to proclaim the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus is coming back, and we need to be ready for his return. We can no longer afford to stay silent because of the holy God who has come to save that which is lost. If we know the danger and fail to sound the alarm, then they pay for their sin, and we have their blood on our hands. But if we have sounded the alarm and warned them, and they, by their own choice, have not taken the warning seriously, then we have done what we are called to do. In John, in chapter 3, verse 36, it's put this way, quote, The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who refuses to believe in the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him, quote. I am also reminded about the parable that Jesus tells about the ten virgins. It's recorded in Matthew, chapter 25, verse 1, quote, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom now five of them were wise and five were foolish those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps but while the bridegroom was delayed they all slumbered and slept and at midnight a cry was heard behold The bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go, rather, to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in With him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We need to be faithful, like the faithful disciples who denied themselves and followed Jesus. They sounded the alarm, they testified to the good news about God's grace, about repentance of sin, and having faith in the Lord Jesus. And they did this down whatever road the Holy Spirit led them, even if that road led them to being hated, prosecuted, martyred. Why? Because they loved more than they feared. The day has come when our priorities need to get rearranged according to God's will and purposes. We need to compare what we believe with the truth, the Word of God. It's time to get back to the Bible. It's time to know it, to study it, to live it out in faith and love. It's time that our lives are the worship that we give our holy God. It's time to worship in spirit and truth. There may be some who are hearing about this love and about Jesus for the first time, and some who have heard before but did not choose Jesus at the time. Or maybe you did choose, but you walked away. Let the Holy Spirit lead you down this road, the Romans road, a road that can lead you to a restoration of a relationship with the living, loving God of all creation. We are all sinners by nature and by choice. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We receive eternal life as a free gift. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God demonstrated his love for us, his enemies. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We must trust and surrender to Jesus as Lord. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says, that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. I gonna say a little prayer here, if you want to repeat after me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Christ is the Son of God died for me and rose from the grave i want to turn from my sin and trust jesus christ alone as my savior thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life i can now have through jesus christ i pray in jesus name amen now one more romans 10:13 says for Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's our assurance of salvation through Jesus. Thank you for listening. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for whom he can devour. Even your loved ones, your friends, your neighbors, and yes, even a nation. In Jesus' name and by God's grace and wisdom through His Holy Spirit, don't let them. Show them the kingdom of God wherever you go. Until next time, watch, pray, and proclaim. May His will be done in loving obedience. Shalom.